This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Sing it, Mick. Sing it. I'm a monkey. 79 years old, wrinkled like a prune, but he's out with the Rolling Stones on his Depends tour. But that's not why we keep playing this uh, song. We play it because I have anointed it as the song whenever we talk about monkeypox. And remember, I was way ahead of the curve weeks and weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. If you've listened to me, yours truly, Curtis Lee. At times, WABC stands for Always Broadcasting, Curtis. You would have heard it on one of my many broadcasts. But this is the most important one. This is every lunchtime, Monday through Fridays, 12.15 to 1 o'clock. You got a little bit of time to catch up and find out what's going on throughout the world, throughout the tri-state area and locally. And I'm the guy who's got to connect all the dots. And I do it right after the Bill O'Reilly update. But the number one story, bar none, is the complete mishandling of this monkeypox situation by officials who are in charge, healthcare officials, who want to be so politically correct. First off, San Francisco announced a state of emergency. They don't have enough vaccines for monkeypox. Well, that makes sense. Have you ever been in the Castro it is a predominantly gay, lesbian, transgendered area. It's been that way for years and years and years. And it is considered the epicenter of gay life on the West Coast. And New York State has issued a declaration calling the disease an imminent threat. Although, let's face it, most of the problems are here in the city of New York, where our local officials in the Adams administration the head of the Department of Health has been a dollar short and a day late. Remember the name. He's a person of no consequence. Don't ever go to him if you have a medical need. Dr. Ashwin Vasson. Three times, three times their website crashed. People were soliciting them for information about the growing wave of monkeypox, and they were giving misinformation. And I told you, I told you all along, but I know some of you out there will say, who are you? You're not a freaking doctor, Sliwa. What will you know? This guy is a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dr. Jill Biden, right? Come on, give me a break. So a veteran top infec- infection control specialist who works right beneath Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwan Vasson of the City Health Department claimed he was reassigned in retaliation after having a dispute with Dr. Vasson and his uh, sickle fans over monkeypox messaging. His name, write it down, because he's a man's man, he's a man of honor, and he is standing up amidst this misinformation and political correctness. Dr. Don Weiss, director of surveillance, was transferred to another unit 
after publicly criticizing the department's advice to gay men about reducing the transmission of monkeypox. He repeated his criticism in a letter July 18th to the health commissioner, Dr. Ashwin Vasson. Who the hell is this guy Vasson anyway? He is completely, I mean completely incompetent. Weiss accused the department of offering misleading information by suggesting that having sex while infected with monkeypox could be made safer if people avoided kissing and covered their sores, right? What was I telling you? The Department of Health of the City of New York and Chelsea was issuing these suggestions to gay and bisexual men because 99% of the cases have to do with them having sex. And their suggestion was that if you're going to have sex, have sex with your clothes on, or better yet, separate yourself six feet, uh, prove to one another you're not suffering from erectile dysfunction, and self-pleasurize yourself. That was their suggestion. So Dr. Weiss, an expert, says that abstaining or reducing sex for a period of time was the best way to limit the spread of monkeypox. Quote, monkeypox in New York City is a sexually transmitted infection. Not communicating this clearly and often is a public health failure. The Department of Health of the City of New York continues to emphasize skin-to-skin contact as the major risk and have now dangerously suggested that sex is not a risk as long as you don't kiss and cover your sores. This is completely contrary to the evidence. He said that the New York City Department of Health and the mayor's office is completely void of leadership. They're more concerned with stigma avoidance for gay men rather than giving people the risk information they need to protect themselves and others. People are suffering. So what happened to him? He's on the outside looking in. He has been transferred within the department. He's got a new title in charge of infant and reproductive health. Come on, this is so blatantly obvious. And just yesterday, with monkeypox cases on the rise, President Biden's health secretary suggested that states and localities bear some of the responsibility for what critics have called a flawed response. Quote, We don't control public health in the 50 states. The Secretary of Health and Human Services said, ultimately, it is the states who have to determine how health care is administered in their jurisdiction. Remember who said that? In the midst of the lockdown and the pandemic that started in March of 2020 and the spread of fear, fright, hysteria, and hype throughout the nation, then President Donald Trump, he said, "I, I don't have all the answers at the federal level. The states are ultimately the ones that determine how health care is administered in their jurisdictions. Donald Trump, the president, said that then, and he called blowback from Andrew Evilized Cuomo, from pretty boy Gus Newsom out in California. And yet now the Biden administration is saying exactly the same thing, and they're not being criticized whatsoever. Not so ever. By the way, ladies and gentlemen out there, if you want your husbands, uh, the men in your life, Those uh, that you feel are like uh, lard bricks, slackers, deadbeats when it comes to doing house chores. There is a new study here that may uh, actually get a lot of the guys to scrape their barnacles off their backside and get their rear in gear. Cooking, washing the dishes, and gardening can slash the risk of dementia by more than a fifth, new research shows. 
A study of more than half a million adults concludes that those who did household chores were 21% less likely to develop the condition. Chores are the second biggest protective activity to getting dementia and Alzheimer's behind regular brisk walks or bicycle rides, which lowers the risk for dementia by 35%, although I wouldn't advocate that for President Joe Biden the last time he took a bicycle ride there outside of his uh, summer beachside uh, Palazzo, his Ponderosa. As you know, he ended up sucking dirt. The other vital factor is meeting up with family and friends, reducing one's odds by 15%. Now, think of this, right, Justin? Meeting with family and friends might lower the risk that you have of getting dementia and Alzheimer's, but it will definitely increase your high blood pressure and your agita. You know how many families, when they get together, it's like mixing uh, ammonia and bleach. How often does Sid Rosenberg in the morning talk about that with his one sister, right? Gets together, and it's sort of like he loses it. He loses it. So, hey, pick your choice. High blood pressure or potentially developing the first aspects of dementia and Alzheimer's. And this was predictable. A university study indicates that if you're a couch potato, it can lead to health problems at any age. Any age. But especially for six-year-olds. Do you realize that six-year-olds, so think about that, for your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, Six-year-olds are developing high blood pressure because of the inactivity. Six-year-olds are beginning to take high blood pressure medicine. Overweight youngsters are spending way too much time on their Castro-convertible sofas, not enough in the park playing sports or just staying active. They add in this study that parents are often to blame as obesity can run in the families, but more importantly, Parents and grandparents are using computers and television as babysitters, figuring just put up the computer, give them a laptop, give them a smartphone, let them turn on the 72-inch big screen TV, and it'll keep them occupied and it'll keep them inside of the house where they will not be out of sight, out of mind. Instead, study authors uh, or the study authors say children need to get outside together to shed those excess pounds at an early age, or many of them are in danger, in danger of taking high blood pressure medicine at the age of six. Meantime, speaking of high blood pressure, Norman Lear, that's right, Norman Lear, who was born in New Haven, Connecticut, in the shadow of Yale University, one of the greatest producers and directors of TV sitcoms of all time. I call him the GOAT, greatest of all time, just reached the 100-year mark. And ABC, which made gazillions of dollars on his productions uh, during the late 60s, 70s, and 80s, is having a extravaganza in September that will feature celebrity guests and musical performances. Think of all the great shows he created, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Good Times, Sanford and Son, more that eventually led to Golden Girls. These shows would never, ever be able to make it on network television now because of all the snowflakes and the cancel culture. Uh, If they did make it, they'd probably make it on uh, a cable uh, TV outlet. You have to pay for it. And it would probably be as part of 1,170 choices that you have on your box. And now fear, fright, hysteria, and hype.
I just learned from our owner and operator, John Katsimatidis, of Red Apple Media, our parent company, a great broadcaster in his own right. Uh, Later today, uh, the roundtable discussion at 5. And then remember on Sundays, wow, from 8 to 10 in the morning, he's got all the newsmakers in which his conversations lead to news all Sunday long, bleeds over into the papers on Monday and become points of conversation for all of us here at WABC on Mondays and Tuesdays. He has just alerted me. Uh, hold down the hat. This is this is this is the end, my friend. This is the end. Justin Hershey's Chocolate Bar Company in Pennsylvania has warned it won't meet the demand for Halloween candy. You better find an alternative supplier. I want to run down a panoply of the different products that Hershey's either created directly. Well, because it's a multinational corporation now with its fingers in the candy pie in every continent other than Antarctica, you better start hoarding up your Hershey's chocolate and candy supplies now because the shelves may be bare by the time that the Halloween candy goes up. You know, it's sort of like uh, (laughs) baby formula, right? You go there looking for baby formula, knock yourself out. Let me run through the kisses, Hershey's kisses. You better you better hoard up now. The Hershey's chocolate bars, right? Justin, you like Kit Kats, right? Oh, everybody loves Kit. Remember when you would go uh, with your paper bag and you'd be going from door to door on Halloween, right? Oh, give me the Kit Kats. Please don't give me the candy corns, you know, wrapped in a paper towel. And don't give me an apple because it's good for my health. Give me a Kit Kat or the Milk Duds. The Milk Duds, right? There won't be any Milk Duds. Hershey is saying, look for an alternative supplier. Reese's chocolate peanut cups will be no more. They're made by Hershey's now. Twizzlers. I mean, you say Twizzlers? Yeah. No, no, no. It's Hershey's that controls the manufacture and the distribution of Twizzlers. And then, of course, there's Cadbury. A little bit on the upscale side of chocolate. But how many of you are addicted to Cadbury and actually would give that out on Halloween. Hey, that was considered upscale, I got to tell you. A hell of a lot better than just maybe a two, three, or four kisses that would get put into the Halloween uh, bag of goodies. And then last, last, and remember, you used to get this also in the movie theaters, although now you get a box. It's like you got to take a reverse mortgage uh, and a payday loan. Good and plenty, plenty good. Good and plenty, plenty good. That's right. Hershey's makes good and plenty, plenty good. Choo Choo Charlie was an engineer. Choo Choo Charlie, remember? Good and plenty, plenty good. Good and plenty, plenty good. Good and plenty, plenty good. That's it. Look out, ladies and gentlemen. On advice of our owner operator, John Katsimatidis, who's a supermarket mogul, he's got like 30 Gristidis and Dagostinos in the greater metropolitan area. He has warned all of us forget monkeypox, it affects the few. But. Hershey's Chocolate and Hershey's Pennsylvania warning of shortages on Halloween. What is our country coming to? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. This is the end. Beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend, the end of our elaborate Oh, the great Jim Morrison of the Doors. Yeah, you believe he's buried in that, uh, that uh, cemetery in Paris. You keep believing that, Justin. Jim Morrison is alive, he's alive with Tupac Shakur and Elvis, yes. The Machiavelli. But that's not why we're playing this song. One of the many classic Doors songs. Please continue to play this underneath just at that tone, Justin. I need this for the motivation. Because we have been sent signals that this is the end for New York City, my friend. And I would bet the over-under point spread is that my Kumbaricic, Rudy Giuliani, will be talking about this today at 3 o'clock. Guaranteed. Because it's the first thing he did when, thank God, he was elected mayor in 1992, sworn in 1993, due to the uh, surge of voters on Staten Island because of the secession issue uh, promoted by then Staten Island Borough President Guy Molinari. I'll never, never forget the time I stood with Guy at Fort Wadsworth on the Staten Island side in the shadow of the Verrazano Bridge, and he fired the cannon. And I said, Guy, don't... Don't hit the Verrazano Bridge. <laughs> Half of Brooklyn will not be able to escape to Staten Island. And that created the surge that undid the stain, the tragic mistake by the voters in 88 to elect David Dinkins, who then uh, gave us 2,000 murders, 5,000 unsolved shootings, and no zero tolerance and the destruction of a quality of life. Thank God. Rudy Giuliani resurrected that, revived that. And who did he start with, Justin? A very simple task to show the difference between Rudy and Dinkins. The squeegee posse guys. The squeegee guys. Rudy, on day one, when he was sworn into office, you all remember that because his son Andrew at that time, who was climbing all over the lectern and the podium and became a featured uh, parody on Saturday Night Live for many years afterwards. But remember, his first target of the many targets he declared on the crackdown of war and crime. Please, please, Justin, I need my music. I need my music because there are a series of uh, stories here that indicate this is the end of the world for us, for New York City. The squeegee posse guys, right? Let me tell you something. Mm. They're out and they're about. And how do I know that? Our own Deborah Valentine. Actually reported to me. What happened to the song, This is the End, My Friend? Hey, what the hell is going on here, Justin? Is this an act of sabotage? Oh, God. You were going so well. I don't know what the hell you're playing now. This is a song that I was given. Let me tell you something. Just end the song right here because this is not This is the End, My Friend. Jim Morrison. It shows you. You weren't even birthed at the time of the doors. Schmuck putts. Now, let me get back. You, you caused me to digress. I tell you, they always destroy my rhythm, my rhythm. 
Anyway, it was Deborah Valentine, uh, stalwart in the mornings. You don't want to miss that 5 o'clock roundup of the news right after the other side of Midnight by Frank Morano. It's really good. And Deborah Valentine came up to me the other day and said to me, Curtis, you know, I drive in from New Jersey every morning at about 2 o'clock, 2.30, and I come through the Lincoln Tunnel in order to prepare the news. And the other day, a monster of mayhem came up to me with a squeegee in his hand, and he threw the water, the dirty water, on my windshield, and he demanded money. And I wasn't going to give him money. Just was not going to give him money to wipe uh, all that dirt all over the windshield. And he was very intimidating. And I didn't roll down my window. I didn't give him any money. And he kicked my car. Now, that was back on Monday. Yesterday, an intrepid group of uh, New York Post reporters led by Kevin Sheehan. And I'll tell you about Kevin later on. They went out there and they scurried all about the entrances and exits of the Lincoln Tunnel starting at 5 o'clock in the morning. And the squeegee posses are back. They're back. They're brazen. They're not out there as a group of five, six, or more to protect one another. But they're only out there in ones and twos because they know there is no consequences, no ramifications. The police are not making arrests. And obviously the turn-em-loose criminal, Alvin Bragg, is not prosecuting them at all. And the mayor, Eric Adams, so wait, you'll hear what he had to say. But let me give you let me give you some of the responses. And these are women coming in from New Jersey. Women from New Jersey were saying, where are the cops? I mean, this is stressful enough just driving in. And then I get shook down as I come in from New Jersey. How is this okay? This guy just keeps saying, I know you got some money. I know you got some money. Give me some money. And then I'll come in in the early morning. This is another woman worker from New Jersey. And the squeegee guy will lift the wipers on my car with the jersey plates, spray soapy water across the windshield, and uh, I don't even get a chance to object. And when I refuse to pay, the guy is just going to either bolt and leave all the soapy water on my uh, window shield, or he's going to give me grief. And these new squeegee men are armed with soapy buckets early every morning. Quote, they came back with a vengeance. They started up again three weeks ago, and it's like they never left. They showed up at 5, 5.30, and you can hear it. People say, no, please, no, and they just ignore it. And they know who to target always, the women. They know the women pay because they don't want any trouble. Credit to our own uh, news anchor in the mornings, the 5 o'clock news roundup, Deborah Valentine, for bringing this all to our attention back on Monday. And this is what the Eric Adams administration had to say. Remember, just last week they were confronted with the issue of uh, people begging for money in the middle of the FDR drive. We're not talking the median. We're talking about walking through active traffic, hoping that people will stop and give them money. It's almost like the Willenda brothers, like walking on the high wire. During his mayoral campaign, Mayor Adams revealed he was once a squeegee man and vowed to get the guys off the streets. I'm going to go there, number one, with mental health professionals because some of them may be dealing with mental health crises and also job training opportunities. You idiot. These are dope fiends. They're doing it to supply their drugs. 
arrest them. Get them the hell off the streets or nobody's going to come back. And then you're going to impose congestion and pricing on them, an additional tax. You are destroying the city, destroying the city, Swagger, man. you got no plan because you claim you were a squeegee, man. Show me the documentary evidence. You really believe that Eric Adams ever stood outside of a car with a squeegee and washed the windshield? Get the hell out of here. Meantime, on another note, President of the United States, Joe Biden, as you know, Eric Adams, has said, hey, I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. Well, Joe Biden yesterday said there is not a recession in America. Have no fear, there is not a recession. Vice President Giggles Harris, she was in Brooklyn at an event. She said inflation is too high, but we are not in a recession. Now, the Eric Adams of Brooklyn, he was out at a synagogue in Staten Island, and he said not only is the U.S. in a recession, but Wall Street is collapsing. Quote, we are in a financial crisis like you can never imagine. Remember, this is the Biden of Brooklyn, uh, Eric Adams. Wall Street is collapsing. We are in a recession. Now, Justin, what do you think he did? He walked back those statements. Because I immediately tweeted out, hey, you've helped with the collapse of Wall Street by advocating that everybody invest in uh, the Bitcoin bandits, the cryptocurrency Ponzi scheme, and the blockchain ripoff. By the way, uh, the holy roller that uh, Eric Adams is best friends with, the right honorable Bishop Lamore Whitehead. You know, in that Canarsie church, just four blocks from where I was birthed on 89th and J. You know, every Sunday is a holy roller. He tells the congregation, if you're going to contribute, it better be 50s and 100s. I don't want to see 20s, 10s, 5, and hell no. That's damnation for me to see George Washington's uh, when we pass around the plate. So it's 50s or 100s. Or he has other ways of securing money. Now, as you remember, when the three uh, El Banditos came into his church last Sunday at about 1130, it was live streamed because some of his uh, congregants are older black women, very vulnerable. They all trust their pastors. And many have been ripped off in the past by their pastors. And this guy is the biggest rip-off artist of all. But remember, he claimed at gunpoint he was robbed first of $400,000 in jewelry. Then he upped it to a uh, million dollars. Then he brought it back down to 400000 And Dominic Carter said, are you kidding? You know what this is for, the insurance money. And I said, hey, you know, I want to give the man in the cloth a little benefit of the doubt. Well... Here's more information about Eric Adams, who actually had a press conference and said, we will do everything to find those three guys who came in there with ski masks on and robbed the congregants and robbed uh, Lamore Whitehead, the bishop and his wife, of over $400,000 in valuables, including putting a gun to their eight-month-old granddaughter, right? I don't know how Eric Adams got bamboozled by this guy, but he's best friends. They have cell numbers. Well, it turns out that Bishop Lamore Whitehead, who is known for flaunting his Gucci suits, diamond-encrusted chains, and his Rolls-Royce vehicles, ripped off one of his parishioners, ripped her off for $90,000, and then used that money immediately to make a down payment (laughs) on 
on a $4.5 million apartment complex in Hartford, Connecticut. And I guarantee you, where there is smoke, there is fire. You think he just ripped off one of his congregants? Why doesn't anybody ask him? Ask him why. Why, Eric Adams, is this one of your best friends? This guy's a rip-off artist. Why don't you distance yourself from him? By the way, Justin, do we have that music back? Uh, the Doors. This is the end, my friend. I really need this, you know. You're, you're crimping my style here. See that? Lou is away. Probably on Shark Watch out in the Irish Riviera. The Rockaways. That's right. Keep it right at that level. But for all you trendoids, freakazoids, and jet setters, because the uh, lockdown and pandemic of uh, March of 2020 is over. And you've headed out to Montauk, where all of a sudden uh, a lot of young folks are raising the roof, Generation X, Y, Z, I don't know, hipsters and millennials. But apparently local officials have mounted a clampdown on illegal dancing. They have taken a page from Mike Kumbaricic, Rudy Giuliani, who himself, when he was mayor, launched a crackdown on any dancing in cabarets or bars If you put a few quarters in the jukebox, you would actually be arrested. You know, I think I went back to the the, uh, meatpacking district, district, heifers and hogs there, where all the trendoids and celebrities would show up and dance. And Mayor Giuliani at that time cracked down. Our own Frank Murano of the other side of midnight that you can hear Mondays through Fridays from 1 to 5 as opposed to dancing. He doesn't want people to be dancing at barbecues or any kind of celebrations or birthdays or gatherings. He prefers that they play Parcheesi. What a bunch of fuddy duds, the mayor and Frank Morano. But apparently, likewise, they're doing it out in Montauk. So people have been dancing, and all of a sudden, police and fire inspectors come running in, slam the restaurants, the clubs and bars with fines and violations, if they spot patrons dancing at restaurants that are not designated in nightclubs. What the hell is this about? You know, the sharks are right offshore. Did you see the drone shots? A hundred yards offshore at Montauk, Quag, Southampton. There are a hundred yards offshore of beaches on the south shore of Long Island. Uh, the county executive Malone has been saying, oh, no, no, oh, my God, there's so many. Not only the big white ones, the hammerheads, the sand sharks, they're out there feeding on the bunker fish. And other experts are saying, well, no, this is good. This is good. This shows you that there is a thriving oceanography going on. Meantime, speaking of other double troubles, this could be the end, my friend. We have drought restrictions in Connecticut. Drought restrictions in some communities in Long Island that still don't get piped in water. They get their water from the aquifer. Are you crazy out there to be drinking the water in the aquifer? You know how many chemicals are embedded in that water? But go ahead, knock yourself out. But now New Jersey has been asked to reduce their water consumption because drought conditions exist in six counties. And then look at Las Vegas, right? A lot of people love to go to Las Vegas. They depend on their water from Lake Mead, which is shrunk down to a little trickle. It's sort of like the River Jordan. If you ever go to Israel and you think, oh, my God, this is where Joseph baptized Jesus. And you see, it's a little trickle. The big war in the Middle East is not going to be over oil. It's going to be over water. 
Now, let me take you back to Sin City, Las Vegas, where whatever goes there stays there. They have just restricted the size of home swimming pools amid the extreme drought and the fact that they have so little water coming from Lake Mead that you're only permitted a kiddie splash pool. Remember how we had that when we were kids, a kiddie splash pool in the backyard? And then you saw a torrent of rain come rushing down the main drag, flooding casinos. Could this be the end, ladies and gentlemen, in the middle of the desert? A place like Vegas, which is always parched, had such severe flooding. The gambling had to stop for the first time in the history of Vegas. The degenerate gamblers weren't able to shoot craps, play roulette, play five-card uh, poker, play blackjack. They had to abandon the casinos. This well could be the end. You think Al Gore will suddenly declare this is the result of climate change and global warming? To be continued. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. Oh, what a great song from Goodfellas, but this was Bobby Darren. They took him too, too young in his life, 36. In fact, when he was growing up in the Bronx, he had rheumatic fever, which is what my mother Francesca had. And back then they said if you had rheumatic fever, if you even moved, you were in danger of your aorta exploding. So they would make you sit in a chair and you'd have to have bone marrow soup. That was a remedy. And Bobby Darren had that problem all throughout his life. In fact, I'll never forget. It was a great interview that uh, that uh, Cousin Brucey had with uh, my sweetheart, Connie Francis, actually sent me a bouquet of flowers. No, not deathbed lilies like members of the Gambino crime family have sent me. But upon my first broadcast with Lisa at the time, Angels in the Morning in 1991, an avid listener, and boy, I'm telling you, in my household, they play Connie Francis. The, the battle was, was she born in Crown Heights or was she born in Newark, as many said? Well, the point is, she told uh, Cousin Brucie that the biggest mistake in her life was the fact that she did not elope with uh, Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren said, hey, let's elope. Uh, she goes, no, I really, I have to tell my father. In an Italian-American household, uh, daughters were always loyal to their father. She told him... And she said, you, mar- you elope with him, I'm going to find him, I'm going to bend his legs, stuff it in his pockets. And then all of a sudden it never happened. And the reason I'm playing this song is that yesterday I went to pay my respects, as thousands have, to Michael Long, the former chairman of the New York State Conservative Party, at Calvin's Funeral Hall in the heart of WABC Listening Country in Bay Ridge. And I was at about 4.30 in the afternoon, and there was lines, lines of folks wanting to pay tribute. Uh, I was told by uh, one of the members of uh, Michael Long's uh, very large family. Uh, Michael Long and his wife did not believe in birth control. They not only had about nine kids, they had like, I don't know, 100 grandchildren, great-grandchildren. I saw a picture of them. 
uh, at their summer home in Breezy Point, the Irish Riviera. They were all sitting on the porch, and they all had Met paraphernalia on, which is like, I guess I really shouldn't say anything about the Mets here. I'm paying my respect. But as I was talking with all the folks, uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, family members said, oh, you know, John Katsimatidis was here the night before to pay his respects. And he didn't take the celebrity line. He got online with all the other viewers. He said, wow, he's a stand-up guy. He truly is. And as I waited online, people were coming up to me. We were exchanging conversations about the rough and tough stand-up guy, guy who had street smarts, Michael Long. And I heard all the stories. They told all the stories except the most important one. And I told all of them, do you realize that Michael Long had an ice cream shop with his brother? on City Line Avenue back in the early 70s. And it was a snowy day, and he got into a fender bender with some of the good fellas out there because they ruled along City Line Avenue in the shadow of Franklin K. Lane High School. The acronym stood for Fun, Kicks, Laughs, and No Education in Highland Park, where Harry Houdini is buried right up there in the cemetery. And they shot Michael Long. They shot him. He could have died. And then he continued his business in that area. Where the good fellas rule. That's right, Paul Ivario, the real good fellas of the Lucchese crime family. That's a man's man right there. And boy, people are like, really? Ah, I never heard that, sir. All true. And after I paid my respects, uh, I decided it was time. I had to go to the Staten Island GOP headquarters because I was uh, appearing at a fundraiser for Sam Pirazzolo, who's running uh, for the assembly as a Republican conservative to replace uh, Cusack, the Democrat. And that's an assembly seat that Republicans can win. But I chose a novel way to go there. I walked up to uh, 86th Street uh, in Bay Ridge. I passed the two places I hate, Sophia's and Bucci's, which is right on 85th and 3rd. The Gambino guys were out there serving me wolf tickets. I ignored them. And I took the S79 bus that goes to the Staten Island Mall from 86th and 4th Avenue. Why? I wanted to see how many people paid their fare. Uh, and, in fact, only half the people paid their fare. And then once we got on Highland Boulevard, I wanted to see how many speed cameras were up. Oh, man, they're everywhere. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, starting at midnight Sunday, that's when I go off the air, when we do the animal welfare hour, those speed cameras throughout the five boroughs are going to be running 24-7, 365, not only during the week, but on the weekends as revenue raises. Remember, New Jersey got rid of their speed cameras in 2014 when it was proven that it actually caused more accidents. Because what's happening now, they put in additional speed cameras under Comrade de Blasio. And your, your GPS, if you have Wave, doesn't let you know where the new cameras are. You can't add the new cameras for others to know. And, in fact, I find that people who are driving around are looking to the right to try to spot the speed cameras that are not being reported on the old wave system, and they end up getting into fender benders as a result. So be careful. And they were everywhere. And then as I was on that uh, S79 bus, you had a bunch of rowdy kids go through the back door. They didn't pay their fare. Black, Hispanic, Italian, Supreme Cuisines going to the Staten Island Mall to create chaos. I said to the bus driver, I'm going to take care of them. And I walked back there. They were giving everybody a hard time, and they say, look, you got a choice. You either shut up. Oh, I'm going to kick you off the bus. And uh, two of the younger guys, oh, who are you? And the other guy said, man, he's old, G, man. You don't want to mess with this guy. <laughs> he has anger management issues. Yeah, Mr. Sleewa, no problems. We're okay. 
And then I got off at the corner right at uh, New Dorp Lane. I was hoping to see some of the wild turkeys there in Highland Boulevard. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Veronica Trout and her husband, she was from Canarsie, they picked me up. I say, hey, you know, I got to get to Staten Island GOP headquarters at 2300 Richmond Road. No problem. Out in Staten Island, you know, I don't even have to summon an Uber. Or, hey, people will just pick me up, drive me there. It was great. We reminisced about Canarsie. And then I, I walked into the headquarters of the Staten Island GOP, which gave me the nomination of the Republican Party to become mayor. It set me on my way to uh, face Eric Adams. They were telling me about all the crime affecting Staten Island, North Shore, Mid-Island, South Shore. And then I was there for Sam Pirazzolo and for all the Republicans out there, including I gave a rousing speech for gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin, who's also running on the Republican conservative line with his lieutenant gubernatorial candidate, former deputy inspector for New York City, the 70th Precinct, Esposito, and definitely for Sam Pirazzolo. So, yeah, I'm back out on the campaign trail for all these candidates. We've got to save our state. The for sale signs are up. Remember, my mayoral campaign was based on improve, don't move. We got to fight for what we know is right. But now that the squeegee guys are back, Madonna, it's like we've gone full circle.